You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody, for what will be your Thursday edition of Locked On Browns. Uh, obviously, with the short week, you know, this stuff's coming at you really fast content-wise. Uh, look, I mean, this is some of the perils and things we're kind of learning on the fly here uh, with, you know, playing on Monday night, which is, you know, stuff we're all kind of getting used to. So, obviously, the post-game show was out there with me and Pete. That's not even... That's not even 48 hours old yet. Uh, you've already gotten the PFF show with John Costco. Already dropped midday today. Your crossover Wednesday episode with uh, my buddy uh, Bear Mater, who hosts Locked On Rams. Uh, Bear's a fantastic guy. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, you know, the weirdest thing is, and you know, I was always a little hesitant with the network. Maybe these are a little too soon. Um, last week recorded the one with uh, John Buchko from Locked On Jets. There was no talk at the time of Sam Darnold and Mono. Um, now there's a question of whether or not maybe David Njoku could play because of a head injury and all of this stuff. But, you know, it's, you know, whatever. Yeah, we'll get to it. Obviously, we've got a bunch of great content still to continue to come this week as we roll on through uh, with Lockdown Browns. Uh, Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your local experts on the biggest stories and long for the ride on your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, Pete, I get the news dropped today and, you know, First, and, you know, I, I certainly never want to put, you know, a slight on a concussion because obviously you guys, you, you've heard me talk about this. You know, I've I suffered, you know, I'm not sure how many while playing in my days. So, you know, obviously, you know, that's one thing enough to deal with, Pete, but now it's even more. And credit to Anthony Lima. And, you know, look, I mean, I'll give it to Ian Rappaport. At least somebody credit the guy who broke the story. Everybody else tried it. And, look, it's not really that great a story to break. Nobody wants to be the guy who has to deliver these news. But uh, Anthony Lima, you know, he was the first on it. Uh, it's a broken wrist, Pete. It could require surgery. And a position that wasn't in a great, great spot for this team is now, like, it's even a, just a, a deeper question where this tight end position currently stands. Uh, right. Uh, it's a Lima, by the way, but that doesn't matter. Uh, All right. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, obviously, you, you lose him for that, for, you know, at least four weeks could be longer than that. And that's, you know, this is the most difficult part of the bronze schedule. Uh, and they're trying to sort of figure out who they are at, with all these new pieces and, and uh, the influence of coaching and all that stuff. So it's, it's a problem. And, you know, Nijoku is, you know, was, was expected to be in a, and I would assume continues to be expected to be a big part of this offense and the guys behind him suck. I mean, they just suck. Demetrius Harris in two games has been awful. Uh, he just has not been what they needed him to be. Uh, hopefully he will get better, but he's just not very good. Farrell Brown is not an NFL tight end, and he's having to play a lot of reps. Uh, they've got Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, they'll, they'll probably try to integrate him more and see what they can get out of him. He's uh, the only one who's actually had at least uh, some – kind of success as a receiver in this league granted it's not a lot but he has right so the question for the browns is will they try to make a move uh in the form of trading for somebody uh to sort of bolster the position in the meantime will they basically just say screw it and we're going to roll with what you have and 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 you know we're hoping that harris and and brown and seals jones can do the job or do they basically go the opposite direction and say, well, at least for the time being, tight end is, is not good for us, so we're just going to go with more receivers. 
my first thinking is, and, and I maybe do agree with you, is get Farrow Brown the heck out of here. Find the best blocking tight end you can get your hands on because you're not even sure right now, and this was supposed to kind of be Harris's calling card. And then maybe use Seals Jones as, you know, H-back type of thing or when you actually just want a tight end out there that you maybe would throw the ball to is go that route. I mean, it just stinks on all levels. And, you know, obviously David Ajoku, ascending player and still just a pup at 23 years old. Um, and I don't want to put any of this on David Pete, but the fact that he is, you know, and obviously, you know, it goes back to his high school background where, you know, he you know, was great in the jumps and obviously a vertical of over 40 at his size. Um, yeah, that's great and all, but sometimes it is a disadvantage. And, you know, and, and I've talked about this on social media today. Um, and some people, you know, didn't like the hit whatsoever, but Pete, when you're a six foot, maybe 190 pound defensive back, and a guy is six foot five, 250 with a vertical of 40, um, you're not challenging that ball there. And you almost go back to guys like, you, know, you go to guys like Gronk or whatever, it's, you know, go to the ankles because everybody's even there. I mean, there's only so much you can do where you as the defender doesn't get killed yourself. I mean, so, I mean, it's tough. I mean, obviously the fall was awkward. Um, but this is kind of one of those things, Pete, where maybe David's supreme athletic ability kind of bit him in the ass, so to speak. Well, yeah, I mean, that's part of it. But it, it, look, I mean, I love Baker Mayfield, but this is 100% of Baker Mayfield. He was late initially. He had him open, didn't throw it, rolled out, and then the throw put him in harm's way. And that's, you know, that's why, you know, it's a hospital ball. And, and you know, in this case, literally. Uh, he obviously got upended and landed on his head and all those things, but that's why you have to throw – uh, on the right time and you have to avoid these situations because you're, you're, you're putting your guys, uh, you know, football life on the line. And that's, and that's the result here. So, I mean, it, it sucks, but that's sort of the deal. It, look, I mean, it, it's, you know, it, David understands this. Anybody who suits up on the Sunday, the NFL understands this is you're one hit away from what could be a week. What could be a few weeks? What could be a season? And it's just one of the perils of playing in this. And, you know, luckily you guys get uh, paid pretty well like they do. Um, obviously, we hope Rashard Higgins is back here, Pete, because there's really no other answer. It's You're just going to have to go more – because are you, are you really going to even attempt to put Harris or Seals Jones on the down, on a field in second and long, in third downs? I mean, it's – it's four wide receiver city. Uh, you know, Damian Ratley obviously has a little confidence under his belt. This is the route you got to go now. You have no other option. Um, and maybe even time on Taylor a little bit, but he's still got to learn the freaking playbook. Well, I mean, what it does is it essentially gives away the game. Yep. That anytime Demetrius Harris is on the field, you know, obviously they've had him go out for passes, but anytime he and Farrell Brown are on the field, they are blocking. Uh, and that's typically going to be, you know, they're either running the ball or they're going to drop into max, max protection. Um, you know, David Njoku, for whatever, you know, issues he had in blocking, part of the reason he was able to get where he needed to get was because they at least had to respect the possibility he was going to release into a pass. With these guys, backing in some capacity, it's just a question of how. So, uh if they're 
essentially going to say we're, we're just going into max protect, you can sort of do that. But if they don't, then they sort of need to go more receivers and get the ball out faster uh, so they don't put them on an island. So that, you know, that, that's just a question of do they want to basically admit that they're having a, you know, six and seven line line or, or do they want to keep that disguised a little bit in terms of their intention? It, it, it's a way they're going to have to go. And look, I'll be honest, uh, for me, uh, one of the best things maybe to do for this offense right now, and this is going to probably lead into the second segment here once we get into a couple of breaks here, is uh, get things going quicker, get things maybe going at the line, uh, rapid fire with Baker, which is, you know, the style he's been accustomed to. I mean, and, you know, Pete can tell you as a high school coach, this is what's done in high school now. We'll get to all that here in a second. Um, Zabel Apparel, guys, obviously we didn't get to give away anything yet. Nobody's picked a score. I mean, 23-3 wasn't a terrible score to pick, so somebody could have picked that, the 43-13. to Obviously, that was an oddball. We're gonna ch- I'm working with Zabel. We're going to try to work up some sort of trifecta for this week where it's not necessarily score. It's more of, you know, things throughout the game. So, uh, of course, guys, you know what I think about the guys over at Zabel Apparel. So, uh, you know, <sighs> any shopping needs, any T-shirts needs, check out the guys over there. Mac Weldon is better than anything you're wearing right now. Simply put, for 20% off your first offer, visit MacWeldon.com. It is just that easy. Use the promo code, all caps, locked space on. Obviously, don't emphasize the space, guys. Locked on. Appreciate Mac Weldon for their support of Locked on Browns. Pete, now we're going to go to this one here, and, and this is from Paul Spencer, but, um, you know, obviously Paul's a buddy, um, but this is, I've gotten this a million times, and there's just, it's time to be addressed, and it's not that it's kind of been, nobody in the facility is ignoring it. Um, Joe Thomas had talked about it, Pete. I don't think this offense is where it needs to be yet. Um, you know, and Joe Thomas talked about Patriots and other good teams, pre-snap motion and things of that nature, which are, you know, there's so much talk right now about the coverage being hidden on Baker and it is to, to a fault, but it's time now where you need to get back to this. And this is kind of what Freddie was doing the last half of last season. Um, you got to get to this because you got to loosen things up here because I mean, if you're just going to come out and you're just going to come out set up, I mean, it, you're giving the defense the advantage in that respect. Well, first and foremost, you can't do any of that stuff and, and I would love to, for them to use motion I think uh it it's great for Odell Beckham obviously if you're you're trying to you know if you if, if you've got guys trying to jam and all those other things it's an easy way to give them a free release or a head start whatever but in order for anything any of those things to happen you have to get to the line of scrimmage with more than you know a few seconds left where you're trying to yep. get the ball off uh before the clock goes off so that's number one I mean I think that's that's a big part of what's going on is you need to be able to uh, allow Baker Mayfield to get up there, make reads, uh, you know, check into things, check out of things, whatever, see what they're doing. But yeah, I think that's, that's a big part of it is get to the line of scrimmage so you can do things like motion and, and, and identify what, uh, get, give yourself a hint of what's going on in all those. So yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to see it, but none of that happens until the play calls come in faster and they're able to get up to the line of scrimmage uh, and, and, and execute. I mean, maybe it's wristband time or something of that nature, or, I mean, you don't necessarily have to huddle. I mean, look, you know, I mean, if it's two, three, four wide receivers, you know, everybody stands on the ass basically with a tackle. And then once Baker lets everybody know what's going on, everybody shifts to where they got to go to. 
it's just not moving fast enough. And this is the thing now, and you know, and this is what I was talking about, you know, before we got you know here to the break is, you know, Baker's coached this way in high school. Uh, you know, Pete runs a fast-paced high school uh, offense with you know the, his high school team. This is what you do now. So these kids aren't trained for the traditional huddle up. Okay, here's the call. Yada yada yada. Oh my God, we're at the line of scrimmage now. Uh, we got six seconds to go. I've got to establish who the mic is. Uh, the offensive line's got to make their call. So there's zero time to adjust. I, I, with this team and the players they have, with the talent and where they've all played their college ball, peep, there is zero reason to be in the huddle. And I understand the theory of, well, we're trying to save the D. Well, then just do it like you did last week where you manipulated the snap count where you weren't draining freaking guys. If you can – if it's going to be – you've got to be able to score 30 against these teams, especially – I mean, five teams in a row that are 2-0. and oh, you, know, you can't say 23 is going to be good enough against these teams. A lot of these games are going to be shootouts. So whatever chips may fall on the defensive side of the ball, let them fall that way. But if you're in a gunfight, you got to be shooting as many bullets as possible. Yeah, I, I don't care if they huddle or, or go, you know, right to the line of scrimmage. I just care that the the operation to call the plays is slow, uh, and that's, you know, that that extra layer of however it's being done between him and Munkin. It's just it's it's got to get quicker. Whatever sort of feeling out process they've they've had, it's just got to go faster. Because if, if you, I think, you know, using tempo as a weapon is always a good option. If you want to go fast, if you want to go slow, whatever, you want to make it so the opposing team can't sub, those are all useful things. But all of it comes down to you've got, whether, if, if, if you're going no huddle, if you're going check with me, if you're going whatever, it, none of it works if you're still, if, if you're getting calls in late. It's not as if the offense is, is slow in terms of being able to get to the line uh, or any of that stuff. It's just whatever it what The offense isn't like taking their time when they're up to the line of scrimmage. They're, they're basically getting up there and having to snap the ball. So that's entirely on the sideline and whatever process they're going in. And you, it didn't – obviously it didn't happen with the, scrim, uh, the, uh, the uh, script because they know what they're going to run. So it goes quick. But anytime uh, after that – you know, it becomes an adjustment uh, to then get them in, get to the line and go. So uh, whatever you do, uh, huddle, no huddle, whatever, it does, I, I couldn't care less. You want to go wristband, you want to go whatever. Uh, you just have to get the calls in quicker so you can do it. Uh, the alacrity uh, of it needs to be picked up. And, you know, it, and it'll work on the sidelines, too, where it's okay. Uh, you know, look, uh, Nick has touched the ball on three of four downs, whether it's Darius, whether it's Dontrell, whether it's uh, Elijah McGuire. Be ready. You're getting on the field now. And it, it, you need to just play at a faster pace here. And, and this is with the age of these guys. This is what they are used to. This is what they're accustomed to. Um, you know, the Mannings, uh, they have a nephew, Eli and Peyton, who was a quarterback at the high school that Odell went to. This is the same moment. I mean, this is what these kids, it's, it's, they're running it untraditionally with young players. And this is, they've never played at this type of pace. And it's, it needs to stop. You need to get the pedal to the metal here. And if, 
And Freddie's got to say, hey, you're the offensive coordinator, but maybe I'm calling a plays, but something has got to be done here because you're not doing – you're doing a disservice to the talent you have currently. Uh, we can talk about the offensive line issues. We can talk about the fact that David Njoku is injured. But Baker Mayfield mm-hmm, and waiting and waiting and waiting, it, it's, just, it's just not in the best interest of what could be the best production of this offense. Well, the other part is if you're if you're snapping the ball, at well, first and foremost, I think if the plays that calls the New York Jets like defensive that, line should not be getting any pass rush. Um, yes, but that defensive know, line should not be getting pass rush. Uh, but what happens is if you are getting the, the playoff right before the clock ends, the defensive line knows when they're going. So it's just one more thing to put the offensive, in particular, but the offensive line in general, at a disadvantage. You know, being able to dictate when you're going to go when the adjustments you make and all those are, are one more way to sort of help your protection but if the clock's running you know down low and you know the defensive line can or whatever can see it uh then they're going to do that and i think that was part of what jamal adams was trying to do when he got popped for the encroachment penalties was try to time it up based on what the clock was doing and you know obviously got got caught but uh yeah i think that's all that's one more thing that that doesn't help the offensive line it's just yeah one more to the disadvantage and look i mean that's jeff's defensive line is garbage there should have been zero pressure from that defensive line and a lot of it was because you enabled it to happen you're going to do that this week aaron donald who's got been statistically quiet this year aaron donald will be the star of Sunday night football. You, the last thing you can do is give him an advantage. He does not need in that respect. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off and watch football guys. Uh, game winning touchdowns on two minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines where nobody's going to catch him. There's nothing like the NFL and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to, to bet than mybookie. It's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, when you're betting, where you're betting is just as important as what you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend people to play. One thing when I talk about these companies that advertise with us is staying power. My bookie has been advertising with Locked On as long as I've been here. I'm about to close in on my two-year anniversary here with uh, you know, Locked On Browns. So something to think about, guys. Don't forget, when you're betting, it's important, uh, you know, obviously, to hedge your bets. There's the best ways to do that is through MyBookie. They have live in-game betting. So, look, things aren't going your way in the first half. Check it out. Switch up your bets. Switch it up, hedge your bets, so at least maybe your loss will be a little bit less of a loss or maybe some, find some way to break even. Um, for you fantasy folks, uh, you can bet on player over-unders, which is you know always an interesting one here. Obviously, in MyBookie, the most rewarding player perks in the business. Join now at MyBookie.ag, and they will double your first deposit. Use the promo code, all caps, no space, locked on. You drop 500, they'll match your 500, gives you 1,000 to play with for the season. Uh, visit mybookie.ag today, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. 
of course, always, we appreciate MyBookie for the sponsorship of the Locked On Podcast Network. We got somebody who gave us a little rapid fire here, and I actually kind of like this one, so we're going to roll with this one here. Um, from uh, MT Point Guard, all right, I guess uh, Mike T plays a little point guard in his free time. Um, what's with Baker? Pete, it seems, uh, tickling on some throws, high on others. Um, look, guys, uh, it is a second-year quarterback. People have film on him. You're breaking in Odell. Uh, however you're going to label it, is it is a new offensive system. He's currently not getting the pass protection that he got when he was rocking the NFL's world over the last seven games last year. There's a lot going on here, and – Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham not taking any live reps during the preseason. I mean, there's a lot of factors to this, Pete. Well, in, in, as it re- specifically with Mayfield, I think part of the problem is he's uh, too often uh, – first, he, he doesn't seem to trust what's in front of him enough, uh, which is, you know, understandable, I suppose, on one part. But uh, the other part of that is, is it's causing him to step out on some of his throws, and when he does that – um, he's more inclined to the balls tends to go sail on him a little bit, which obviously has been an issue a little bit. Uh, so that's been a major problem in terms of that part of the game. Other than that, I, I have a concern that just he and Jarvis Landry don't have very good chemistry. I don't think they're a great fit. And it doesn't mean, that he and Jarvis Landry can't make plays, you know, when they're by virtue of being two talented players. I think what Baker is good at and what Jarvis Landry are good at, it's kind of like oil and vinegar. Well, that actually meshes, but you know what I'm saying? Oil and water. Yeah. Just, it just seems like something's missing there with those two stylistically. I don't think um, those, you know, they, they work out very well, but, and again, Jarvis Landry is a singles hitter. Baker Mayfield doesn't want to hit singles, essentially. And, and that's part of it. And, you know, when he looks for him is, you know, maybe third down. I think that's part of it is it where Jarvis succeeds is the short intermediate crap that, you know, yak could lead to more. But Baker's still got it in him, and this is what gets him into trouble. And we've talked about this is Baker wants to go yard every play. And it's, he needs to tone his game down. Obviously, because, you know, just for the better roll off of the uh, thing of the offensive, but is, you know, for Jarvis to succeed deep, it's got to be a perfectly placed dropped-in ball. Well, I mean, there's that element to it. But, I mean, even the things that, you know, that the Jarvis Landry does well, I mean, he's a great zone beater, and, and, and that that has, has worked out in certain situations. But even, like, those underneath and, and mid-range things, you know, there's clearly better chemistry with him and, and Richard Higgins. He's got the – the best chemistry with him and Richard Higgins. And, you know, we're 18 games into this and, and it just, there are too many situations where it just doesn't seem to work. And, and I think in, in particular, the two balls that, you know, will probably be called drops, but I think both of those were Mayfield. They were both high. One was right on top of Landry immediately. And by virtue of missing that spot, I don't think it was good, but it just, when, when given a choice, so unless it's like a manufactured touch or, a, a, you know, in certain zone situations, it's just not a guy he looks for. Um, it, it just seems like, obviously he loves Odell Beckham. 
Uh, he's throwing the shit shit out of the ball to him. But the other part of that is he, he obviously likes Richard Higgins, and then it's sort of like a smash of guys that are on that next level that don't really – just by – if you get open. Njoku, I think Njoku's on a similar level to, as uh, Landry. I don't, I don't love what I see there either. Uh, but it just, there's just, you know, for what what they need him to be, it just something's not clicking between those two. And I do think, you know, and look, it's it, it's fair to cri- kind of criticize everybody in the room. I think Baker also kind of needs to get to the aspect of take the easy throws and go back to what we talked about last year. It's it's not the name on the back of your jersey. It's not the jersey number you wear. It's not the player you are. If you're open, turn around. Here comes the freaking pill because I'm throwing it to you. And with that, should make his life easier with his throws to Odell and hopefully with Jarvis, which, I mean, because that needs to get ironed out right now. If you're not going to have David Njoku for a while, which is obviously the way it's going to look here on surface, um, because, I mean, look, the concussion is one thing. We're not even sure if he's cleared from that. Um, but you know, obviously out for a while here. Um, well, and the, but but that into that, what, what's what's coming? We're th- we're we're three weeks away from Antonio Callaway coming back. Uh, uh, presuming his ankle is healthy, I assume it will be by that point. But that's another guy. Let's hope like he didn't him. get fat though, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> but be, thankfully, he does. You know, he did get uh, the ability to go to the to the medical staff and all that. So. You know, at least they're aware of whatever condition he's in. But even he's another guy where it seems like he likes throwing the ball to Antonio Callaway because he offers some of those those things that that Beckham does. He loves being able to throw the slant. He loves being able to throw the deep ball, and Callaway offers those things. Uh, so that you know, that's one more element. I'll be curious to see, you know, what is is it going to be sort of a weaning process? Uh, because you're seeing some of these other things like Ratley and, and other guys sort of contribute. Uh, when Higgins comes back, I, I presume he's going to be, you know, right back in the mix and getting the ball quite a bit because I've heard, I've heard Higgins would have played Monday night if it wasn't the Jets. So I'm not too concerned about Richard Higgins. Right. So, you know, the, but that's just one more element to sort of see how this thing goes. Uh, obviously you've got the Tywan Taylor thing. You've got, uh, you know, you've got all these things sort of being added in, but like Callaway's the one guy where, you know, we, we were talking about great off season, great OTAs. And they sort of, you know, it trailed off once it became clear he was going to be suspended. Uh, but with him going to be back, does that, does he sort of become a higher, you know, a higher up the chain or is he going to be sort of eased in and, and we're going to see how this sort of, sort of, I, I don't think the, the, the equation has changed in so far as it's still Odell Beckham and then whoever's the hot guy um, yep. that week. But I, I'm wondering if, if we get to this, if it's going to become more Odell Beckham and then Richard Higgins and then the hot guy. So we'll see how, how it goes from, from that standpoint. Yeah, because, I mean, even kind of a little bit slept on on Monday night was, you know, Damian Ratley with two catches for 50 yards. But both of them were like kind of big boy receptions. I mean, you know, they were, you know, in the middle of the field where there was defenders low, there's, you know, defenders underneath him, defenders over him. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, got a little shaken a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, that's what happens. when Somebody's got to work that territory here 
Because you got to challenge that now. I mean, that's regardless whether or not Njoku's here. I mean, you still have to challenge that area. You cannot let teams know you're not going to challenge certain zones. And, you know, it's look, it's not the best thing in the world here. But uh, And this is what, kind of what I said last night with John Costco is we have not seen the best of this current offense yet. No. no. And that's okay. And But it's coming. Either way, I mean, eventually, you know, the, the cork's going to get out of that bottle, Pete. Yeah, I, I mean, look, th- th- this is an evolving team. I, I think you're going to see, uh, you know, I, I, and again, it's an evolving team that's playing the worst, most difficult part of the schedule, as we knew was going to happen. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they, I, I'm not sure I buy the 49ers yet. I, I think but this is why we stressed 2-0 and as much as we did. Right, and, and, and still, you know, 3-3 three and three would be great. 2-4 uh, and four is a real possibility, and then, you know, trying to really kill – the, uh, the that latter part of the schedule. But, you know, as far as when this offense gets clicking, I, I think it'll be post-bye week. Um, now, that may be the Patriots. That may be after the Patriots because the Patriots' defense is so good. But that's when I think Jamie gonna, Collins. Well, listen, he's great. A, 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 very, a, a very thin set of – very specific set of skills, and the Patriots are very good at putting him in that position. Um so, uh, you know, it may be the Patriots, it may be the week after, but I think that's when you're going to really see this offense take off, and that's not different than it was last year in that it was, you know, post-bye week, obviously, uh, they, they made the coaching switch, but I think some of those things sort of fell into place naturally anyway. I think there's a lot of benefit to that. So, you know, the, the, as opposed to, like, the Rams, as opposed to, like, the Patriots, as opposed to some of these other teams – where they know exactly who they are. The Browns are one of these teams that are sort, sort, are going to be figuring it out uh, as this season goes on and then when they get going. And, 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 and it may be that because they're, they're playing a certain part of the schedule that it may not get noticed as much, uh, at least by, you know, sort of outsiders, and they're going to basically may dismiss it as, well, they're beating up on, on, on bad teams or whatever. But that may be when they really start clicking and then, potentially down the road if they're if they're they're going into the playoffs that they may cruise and suddenly become a very very dangerous uh playoff opponent uh that you know if and when they get that far um look there's never been an nfl team that didn't have to adapt on the fly um you know obviously with this being a younger team it may be a little bit more difficult to do it but every team is faced with it you have to adapt on the fly in the NFL because, you know, with only 53, this isn't college where you get freaking 80 to 85 on scholarship and you just put it in one five-star after another. That's something you got to, you know, struggle with and deal with. Uh, one more here before we start to uh, wrap this one up. Pete, the Gennard Avery thing. Again, here we are. What in the hell is the issue? Um, look, I don't care whether it's a size thing or a concern thing from that standpoint is – the, the kid can play. Um, I understand it's a four-two-five thing now. Look, stop viewing him as a linebacker. Stop handing lollipops out to Chad Thomas because he was a higher draft choice. Because Gennard Avery, to this point, hasn't lapped him once. He's left him twice as far as on-field performance. Well, yeah. So, you know, I touched on this in an article. Well, I wrote an article on it. Um, looking at it, I mean, I, I think if, if with Chad Thomas – it at least seems like it's a case of because he plays special teams that he's out there because he's played 14 snaps of special teams, which is, you know, a lot. He's on return units. Um, 
he, just the return of investment you want from a third round pick. Right. Like he's not doing anything defensively. He's got two assists on tackles uh, so far. And then the other part of that, you know, because to this point, anyway, he has made no impact. And, you know, that's obviously a concern. The other part of this is obviously Chris Smith, and he's in a very sensitive situation uh, with, his, with his, you know, the passing of his girlfriend uh, the, and, the, and the mother of his month-old month, uh, child. And there's, you know, an element of, you know, you wanted to get him out there because he wanted to play for her. The team wanted to play for him. Um, I, I, I don't see the argument that Chris Smith is better than Jannard Avery. I, I don't. This almost reminds me of the kid from the Bengals a few years back. You know who I'm talking about. The kid from Penn State. He had the daughter who was sick. Oh, oh De- Devin Still. Yeah. There you go. Similar scenario right now. You know, it's like you're in a tough spot as a team where you don't want to look bad. But, I mean, and even still, I mean, if you're going to view it versus Chris Smith and Chad Thomas, you can't ignore the fact that for the, you know, because Chris, they've all been here the same amount of time as far as, you know, in-service, game service. Only one of them is the best player. It's not even close. Right. So you go to that and, and, and you're just saying, like, I think you can get away with that against the Jets. Um, I, I think, you, you, you know, if that's, if that's sort of the reasoning behind it, I think it makes sense. But if you're playing like the Rams now or the Ravens next week, I, I, if, if it's really special teams, then I question your priorities because yep. it's a pass rusher. That's worth more. Uh, it changes the amount of things they can do on defense. So, you know, obviously if you rest Miles Garrett or Olivier Vernon on a particular down or set of downs, Jannard Avery is a viable pass rusher. Uh, no one else from the edge has done anything. Um, and, and when you're taking on Jared Goff, who doesn't respond well to pressure, if you're taking on Lamar Jackson, who you need to be able to sort of uh, put pressure on and, and keep him in the pocket, then that becomes super important. And I think if, if, if you're not playing him at that point, then you're just mismanaging your roster. You don't treat him like a linebacker. The, the scheme doesn't matter. If you want to stand him up, who cares? Uh, if you want to put him a three-point, whatever. It's, you're still an edge rusher who's going up the field, who's going to attack. He was great at it last year. He's a big-time component to helping uh, Miles Garrett on a number of sacks because he's great at collapsing the pocket and sort of eliminating escape routes. But if, if you're basically saying that we think that Chad Thomas and, and Chris Smith do more than Jadard Avery to help us win – then I think you're mismanaging your roster and, and, and you're, you're, you're just wrong in that scenario. So I would hope that's getting sorted out, uh, but I have no way of knowing that. And, and obviously the Browns have not come out and made some like grand statement. Like this is an injury situation. This is a discipline issue. This is something else, whatever. There's not been some great explanation, which you're sitting there waiting for going, uh, yeah, well, this is why. And, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's where that's at. I, I, I don't like it. I think, you know, you come off last season where he's really productive and you sit and go, man, this is our third pass rusher. He can do all these things. We could put Miles Garrett inside uh, if we want to rush that way. He's got this athletic setup that, that just allows it. We can have Olivier Vernon and Jannard Avery attack off the edge. Um, yeah, so I, I wish we got an explanation on that. I, I would love specifically – 
if that's brought up to Wilkes. I think it was asked last week, and somebody. It was, and 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 the thing was, it was kind of like jaded because it was the whole thing where we're, you know, we just found out what was going on with Chris Smith, and he's like, oh, you know, I, you know, and Freddie said a whole bunch of stuff, and then oh, you know, he'll be out there. I don't. I, I think when he said that, nobody assumed that Chris Smith was going to play Monday night, and that created an awkward spot for them. But it's still, and it's the weird thing of it. It's there's no question here of if whether any one of these are John's guys. I mean, he signed Chris Smith, he drafted Chad, he drafted Gennard. I mean, they all came in through the same cycle. I mean, this is one where you know we, you know, fans, anybody who covers this team deserves a little clarity and a little bit of reason as to why the hell because it doesn't make any sense. So the things that don't make sense. Try to at least explain it to us why it should make some sense. Right. So, like, last week I thought the Browns' defensive line rotation was substantially better. Like, they did oh, a absolutely. great job with it. I, I, I was a big fan. I, I criticized them after week one, and, and of course, they're reading it, so they, they, they naturally went right in and addressed it. So, hopefully, they'll read this and address it. But, you know, for all the things Steve Wilkes is doing, and I think Steve Wilkes is doing a lot of things really well, this is a blind spot, and, I, and I'd hate to have to put Steve Wilkes in a position – where we're sitting there going, Greg Williams figured this one out. He got great play out of it. Why can't you? And if this doesn't get quickly addressed, that's where we're going. Oh, no, I have zero, zero doubts about that. It's, it just, it's just mind-boggling because you have a player in Gennard Avery, and you know, Gennard is the type of – from everything we see about it, everything we read about it, it's the kid of whatever, whatever you need, Coach. And, like, it seems like – for some reason, like, you know, I, they're almost using the fact that he is so bought in almost against them. And uh, I don't know, you're just not putting out your best, you know, 48, you know, I'm you know, putting out the best guys on the roster, you know, as far if Denard Avery isn't one of them, you're not putting out the best guys possible in your roster. Pete, what's the latest over at Browns maybe? Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, that's, that's the name of the game. Put your best 11 on the field and Yep. You know, I don't, I don't think we're always doing that. And that's obviously, that's the job. And, and, and again, some of this is, you know, new coaching staff and, and you want to give them the, the benefit of the doubt on this stuff. But again, we're week, two weeks in, the Rams are a great team. The Ravens are a very good team. You know, the, the, you get the 49ers, the Seahawks, you know, all these, all these very good teams who are all 2-0, and o, whether you believe in them or not. And, you know, you don't want, you don't have the ability to sort of just be like, Take, take your foot off the gas or give them a reprieve in the form of, well, we got to get our third round pick out there because reasons when our fifth round pick of the same year was a, an impactful player that looked like he was going to be sailing into a, a huge year too. And we're sitting there going, why isn't he a- even active of all things? I, I mean, I suppose it's great that we are so good and so talented that we can let a, a good pass rusher uh, just be squandered on the bench, but it, it's it's just not good enough. Not at all. And what's the latest over at Maven Pete? Uh, so I wrote about Jannard Avery. I asked that question. I sort of tried to go into what the reasoning might be. Um, I, I wrote about you know three challenges for the Browns against the Rams. Um, I'll, I'll do the same thing for tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about a certain cornerback. We're probably going to get traded in the next few days. Uh, and, and that possibility. Oh. Yeah, I mean, he's the last player to do a goddamn thing at that school, so enjoy him. Bastard. I'll let you have that one. That's all right. Look, go Wahoos, baby. 
taking it to him. And 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 what what was I don't weird, know, dude. I can't even turn it on. You know, you know I great. can't even turn them on. I, I saw Virginia or I, national report, national writers, but also you know, uh, you, you know, just just UVA talking about it. Echoes of 1995. Oh, I I will tell you that. All right, since you brought it up, Direct Snap worked on got shut out of, or was it worked on or was it Tiki who took it in? But I remember the game vividly. And uh, I had teammates who were living in a different house. They stormed the house to ruin my evening after my evening had already been ruined. Oh, yeah. I remember that one well. Yeah. And one of the reasons I hate Florida State is because they gave them the national championship despite that. Uh, despite the fact that Ohio State lost one game that year uh, and was way better. But they decided to give it to 9-2 and two Florida State anyway. Um, you're more aggravated. You bought a Cameron Wimbley jersey, so let's just establish that and let's just get moving on here, big guy. <laughs> Pete, uh, let everybody know about Browns Maven. What's going on here? Because uh, you know the Maven itself and SI. You know, I see it growing up here now, and and just kind of like with Locked On, it's graduating not only into the NFL, it's graduating to the college. You know, I, it, it's always nice to see anything come to fruition and start to grow. Um, but everybody know everything about Browns Maven, what you got going on, where to find it. Well, I mean, you can find it through Sports Illustrated now. You can find it. The easiest thing is just Google it. Bookmark it. Obviously, make it easier for you. I got to wear a shirt and tie now to talk to Pete, apparently. Um, well, incidentally, they want they want me to do that. But um, Oh, are you kidding me? I want a picture of you in a shirt and tie tomorrow. Oh, I've done – it's nothing I haven't done. Uh, but, uh, look, the network is, is – Obviously, uh, big in terms of football and sports in general. There's a lot of other tentacles it's, it's going into, but it's growing. Uh, they keep adding more people, keep trying to get into more things and just trying to get more exposure. Uh, obviously, it's a lot of guys Jeff and I know who are involved in some of these sites that we've sort of see, seen doing you know, some of the same things I, I'm doing and Jeff has done in terms of just sort of growing up in this thing and, and finding the avenue that sort of worked out. Uh, but yeah, so by all means, check it out, register. You can, uh, use the, uh, you can talk to, talk to us over there. There's basically a, uh, Facebook light set up in terms of how you can message on there. Uh, people discussing various things, which is always good. Uh, as always, I try to make it a haven for the local podcast, uh, for the amount of podcasts that I think Cleveland Browns has a rich neighborhood and sort of fan-based podcast so i've got I 277 uh, i try to get a lot of those the ones i noticed posted uh and and you know give those guys uh, whether they're in ireland uh florida whatever I try to get uh, tennessee in terms of the brothers coon try to get those guys uh you know some spotlight i think you know it's one of those things where whether you listen to us or one of them chances i mean you're going to find one of them you, you you like it's just a question of which one you may find more than more of them that you like but chances are there's at least one so there's always something over there in terms of that stuff but yeah check us out uh as always you can uh, reach out to me let me know if you want to if you want to see anything uh seems like the last couple of days uh, i've gotten a lot of positive feedback uh from people on some of the stuff so hopefully that means i'm doing all right but uh yeah we'll keep keep growing and see if we can't make this thing uh, a little bit better every day um and you know we'll just close you know i'll just give this you know happy for you pete 
the Orny, Orny son of a gun in the or. Um, but look, everybody just, you know, keep working here, uh, you know, busting your butts. Um, uh, you know, happy for Pete and, you know, seeing people, you know, pop up over here at Maven and, you know, taking this stuff and, and running with it. Uh, you know, it's been a lot here with Lockdown. I mean, it's very similar to what I was two years ago and having people saying, what in the world are you getting yourself into? Um, you know, do something. Give it your best. Uh, Browns Maven on Twitter, at Browns Maven. Make sure you're following over there. Uh, go to SI, you know, search Cleveland Browns. You'll find a way to get all Pete's work over there. Uh, he's busting his butt. He's enjoying it. I'm happy for him. Yeah, I am. Uh, at underscore Pete Smith underscore on Twitter. Make sure you're following over there. Um, even if you don't agree, guys, with everything that comes out, um, it, it doesn't mean – I mean, look, we're not asking you to, but um, it doesn't mean that the content and the effort and the work is being put in. So that's, you know, the one thing that we always try to emphasize. Uh, the show itself, at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. Follow back account. DMs are always open over there. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there. Throw a follow. You got questions. You got something you want to hear on the show. You got plenty of ways to get to us. We appreciate everybody for all the support. Um, look, Sunday night's going to be a big one. I mean, you know, you want to, I mean, this is the first of about, you know, of these five, I'd say maybe three to four actual litmus tests. Um, but this is where it is. I mean, look, this is what everybody's hoped for. This is what everybody's wanted. It's time for this franchise to either step up or, you know, there's still a little work to be done. I think they're even with, you know, in the Joku injuries or whatever and questions at the offensive line, there's still enough here. There, there is more of this product of this 2019 Cleveland Browns than we've seen to this point. And I, I can't wait to see it. It's, you know, but you got to get going here. And uh, it's going to start Sunday night. Um, you know, guys like Odell and Jarvis, they're ready for these primetime affairs. But, you know, you can't go into these matchups against these teams without everybody clicking. And that's going to be the thing is where you're going to get everybody dressed for that game and everybody clicking on all cylinders because there's enough talent in that room to do it. It's just a matter of how fast the chemistry experiment, you know, basically shows the results, so to speak. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.